This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. So what happens is people get really emotionally and physically challenged when it comes to moving because they have a lifetime of memories in their home. So we're dealing with that emotional and physical side of downsizing and that's what's really overwhelming. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll hear about the concept of 0.37 stage health. We'll discuss the five essential things to help change your body. We'll find out about the emotional and physical challenges to home downsizing. And lastly, we'll learn about the importance of face-to-face connection. But first, a little bit of business. You're a genuine health enthusiast listening to this show today. And Activation Products is your dream come true when it comes to living a very long, pain-free, energized life. Your body's craving heirloom nano and micronutrients that you'll use to elevate your whole body's health in ways you had no idea were possible. Activation makes all this possible no matter how old or young you are. The precious time, energy, and money you invest to be healthy is taken very seriously by Activation. It's their responsibility to deliver to you the most efficacious health products available in the world today. People consistently report back the most beautiful health results when they daily consume products from Activation. Treat yourself now and find out what it's like to live in a luxurious body, making every day a joy to be alive. Go to activationproducts.com and subscribe for the most important health information and products or call 1-866-271-7595. Ian Clark is the founder of Activation Products. When Ian faced life-threatening illnesses in 2004, he started a journey of natural healing that finally resulted in speed healing all his health issues, ensuring a very long and healthy life. These discoveries are now being shared with millions of individuals to enjoy their own journey to health freedom. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Doing amazing, Jamie. How are you doing? Good. You know, we were discussing, you know, a philosophy of yours before the show, Mm -hmm. which I found very interesting. And, you know, people think of this, uh, they use the, you know, they use the saying stage three, stage four. Right. Unfortunately, in some circumstances referring to cancer, Mm -hmm. but you use it a different way. Uh, You talk about stage zero and stage one and stage 0.37, right? Mm -hmm. What do you... And it's about proactively thinking about your health, I think, in summary. But when you talk about stages, what are you getting at? Well, it's approaching it from a logical, common sense standpoint, where people have been so conditioned to only think about things when symptoms show up yeah. in their health. Whatever it may be, it could be a deficiency, it could be a toxicity, it could be a disease, whatever it may be. And this applies across the board for all of them. Because what we want people to think about is ultimately being extremely healthy and not waiting until something shows up. Right. So you mentioned proactive. That's the perfect word. Because I don't like preventative. It's a negative. Proactive is extremely positive. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I learned the long way of how this works. So this is a retroactive thought pattern that showed up. If I would have known this back in the day, I would have had six months instead of five years and millions of dollars to figure this out. I would have been six months in a very low cost 
to get my human operating system back online because I had so many messed up things happening to me. What, what was going on with you so the listeners understand a bit? Well, I, you know, I was typical middle-aged 46-year-old white male. Yeah. And doing what everybody else was doing, standard American diet or whatever, you know, yep. Canadian diet, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same. And I hit the wall really hard with heart disease. I had a doctor in Toronto uh, look at markers and, and declare that I had liver cancer, which I did not have. Hmm. That was a, a mistake to diagnosis, but I had a lot of very major problems with my liver. The enzyme numbers were off. It was just a really messed up deal. Plus, I had a fistula cyst that turned into a tumor that was attached to my large intestine. Mm. And that was very dangerous because that thing, you know, I, I wouldn't allow any kind of biopsy at the time because of the fact that I was told if you do a biopsy, you're risking uh, metastasizing if there is cancer. So I didn't want to hear about that because what I learned, and, I, and it's unfortunate, I love doctors and my family is allopathic. And you know, I've been around the both sides of the equation for a long time. Right. But I didn't know much about natural healing at the time. But what I, I woke up one morning and just realized there are people on the earth who actually know how the human operating system works, what the body really wants naturally to get yourself back to a state of health that you can have a very long life. I just didn't know who they were, where they were, how to find them. Mm-hmm. So when I hit these stages, and this is like stage three, even stage four, because if you think stage three cancer or stage four cancer, stage four is usually terminal. Yes. Unless you have some miraculous things going on and very skilled doctors. So what I realized is that where did all this come from? Like this started somewhere. Right. Wow, it started at stage zero. Right. Because stage zero cancers mean you've got total control of it. And there's a claim that there's cancer cells in your body all the time. And there's all kinds of deficiencies. People are deficient in iodine. People are deficient in magnesium, selenium, zinc. Right, they can have gut issues where they're deficient in friendly bacteria. Right, and then there's toxicity like heavy metals, mold. I had all of those things hit me all at once, and they showed up in the form of heart disease, claimed liver cancer, claimed colon cancer, and and it was messing with me. I was way overweight. I was extremely unhealthy, and it turned out I had major lead poisoning and mercury poisoning. Wow. I was also full of mold. I didn't know how that worked. I'd lived in houses out in Alberta where there was a lot of, you know, that black mold yep. and didn't realize how deadly that was. You can get colonized. So I went through these huge protocols to get rid of all the heavy metals and all the mold, and it worked out very beautifully. But that was just the beginning of getting rid of what was causing the problem. So all these things, see, I waited till it was stage three, stage four, because I didn't know any better. Today, I realize now, okay, let's take it all away. Because if, say if you have a symptom that shows up like headaches or poor sleep or anxiety or sore muscles or joints, right. and that's related to magnesium deficiency. So you, it shows up. And so you take magnesium and then it goes away. Right. Those things go away. But you're only at stage 2.8 because stage three is where everything shows up where you, you yourself sense it. But your entire body is picking up on this the entire time without you being aware of it with your five senses yet. So then if you keep going, you get yourself, you want to get as close to stage zero as you can. The reason stage 0.37 is the reality, because stage zero is mission impossible. Right. No one can get there because there's so much hammering us all the time. And it's, it's not a pessimistic approach. It's just a realistic thing. No, I didn't see it. Like when you, when you told me about it, I understood what you were getting at. In other words, 0.37 is the ideal that we can strive to where we're in control of our health, right? Completely. Yeah. You've taken responsibility. You've learned what it is. And it's actually simple. 
That was the beautiful thing. Because, you know, you can chase your tail. There's hundreds of thousands of health products in the world. Everyone says they have the best stuff. Everyone says you need what they have. But the, at the end of the day, it's not sustainable for you as an individual. Right. In order for you to know the definitive information and have the highest levels of health, you have to have the most wise information. So it's distilled down. So for the last 15 years, it's been a distillation process, not trying to add more things in. Just find out, what, there's three categories of products that a person should look at. Okay, what are they? Okay, so you have the most important are your must-have products. Okay. So in order to have a long and healthy life, you must have certain things like iodine, magnesium, selenium, zinc, things like that. Mm-hmm. And you must make sure that you are getting rid of the heavy metals because heavy metals you're breathing all day from rubber dust, and we'll talk about that on another show. Yep. But the key critical things are must-have. And then you have the like-to-have, want-to-have products, right, mm-hmm. which you're not must-have for a super long life, but they help a lot. And then you have the luxurious products that are just wonderful that just make your body like a, like a luxury car. You know, okay. it's a luxury vehicle you're traveling in. But the must-haves are essential, and people don't know about this because if they could realize it, they would keep their life out at around 120 years where it could be. Mm-hmm. You're not being unrealistic. That's very realistic. But because we don't know and we, we allow ourselves to become deficient, we allow ourselves to become toxic— we start moving the days that are out there towards us because of the things we're doing today. Right. But we don't feel that today. We only feel it when we meet those days when they come towards us at 70 or 80 years old. How do you expect people to deal with it? If you're not sensing it, mm-hmm. how do you know what the issue is? How do you know what you need to deal with? Well, that's a fantastic question because it's, it comes down to mathematical and scientific certainties that if you're breathing in this atmosphere right now and there's all these different toxins, like 10 billion pounds of rubber dust is released every year, nanoscopically, not microscopically, nano, Hmm. up a mile and a half above every highway. The United States did a a test on it back in 2010, and they were looking at the number of tires sold in a year, and we will cover that right now because it is actually important. But in that rubber dust is mercury, cadmium, lead, plastics, all kinds of different fibers, but they're nano because there's no rubber on the pavement anywhere. And when they took the helicopters above the highway and took samples, it was a mile and a half up from the venturi effect of the motion of the highway. So 10 billion pounds a year, that's a lot of rubber dust. Yep. So we're breathing that because it's too small to get filtered out. And we don't test, taste it or smell it unless you're in a super concentrated area. But we're getting it and it goes everywhere all over the food chain. So that's how we're getting heavy metals all the time. So becoming aware of that, you say, okay, well, then I will continuously do a heavy metal detox. And it'll be simple. I'm not going to do some crazy thing where I got to run to a retreat and go through this terrible, you know, like dizziness and down for weeks. Right. No, it's not required anymore because you want to have something that's simple, sustainable, effective. But it doesn't take you out of the picture. It only makes you feel better and better every day. Because when people hear the word detox, they think, oh, I'm going to be having headaches and I'm going to be nauseous. And, right? Yeah, no, like a cleanse, you mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, a, like a cleanse, yeah. yeah we're drinking, we drinking like hot peppers and lemon juice <laughs> for a month. Yeah, yeah I get right, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been through all those things. Those are very harsh in the body. There are much, much simpler ways that are more effective and cost less. Your time, energy, and money is what we're talking about here. Right. Because everybody's investing time, energy, and money in themselves. And they trust people who are wise in the industry to make sure they get the intelligent information to make intelligent decisions. Well, information seems to be the starting point, right? I think what you're saying is we need to be aware of what we're doing to shorten our lifespans. And once we're aware of it, then the hacks Mm -hmm. that that might be available to us are within our grasp, right? Exactly. Yep. Employing them. Right. 
I mean, some of the things that you, you talk about as being necessities. So the magnesium, the zinc, uh, the iodine, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was the other one you mentioned? Well, those were three of them. Yeah, the selenium. Selenium, right? Yep. Well, we do get some of that in our diet, right? Mm-hmm. But oh, I, think, yes. I think you're talking about making sure that the levels are, are there. Uh, They're optimal. Right. Because people think that if they're getting rid of their symptoms, that's the whole point of if you go from stage three to stage 2.8, you still got issues. Your body's battling a battle in the background in your kidneys. I'll give you another example. Uric acid. Are you familiar with that? Sure. Okay. So when people uh, get gout or arthritis, the doctor says, hey, you know, you got a uric acid overload. Right. Which forms crystals in your system. Yeah. That, that's right. right. And different issues can come up. Right. But the point is, it took 40 friggin' years to get there. Right. If you knew at 20 years old that you could do this and this and control your uric acid levels for the rest of your life, because that's been burning away in the background of your kidneys. But Ian, try and tell a 20-year-old anything. Oh, no, but they'll listen now. That's the cool thing. These millennials coming up, they are really different. That is true. Yeah, we're starting to connect with them. I feel like a millennial myself because I feel like a 23-year-old. You look like one, right? (laughs) Both of us, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we're in that that mindset, too, because it's really a mindset. But millennials want the truth. They want to know what's going on. They don't like the fact of what the boomers went through and what they saw their parents suffer from in the next generation. So they want to know now. I think they're much more open than they've ever been, even though they feel great. If I could go back to my 20-year-old self right now, I would say, okay, dude, this is what's happening. Yeah. All right. The fire is going to start now. It's going to be a low-level fire. You're not going to feel anything. Right. But it's going to start, and it's going to increase until you hit 60, and then the stuff's going to show up. Yep. And when when the stuff shows up, then you're going to take action. Take action today. The stuff will never show up because from 20 to 60, people are doing things that shorten their life so they meet their end at 70 and 80. This is not cool. Isn't it the North American way to wait until something reaches the crisis point? And then you deal with it. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to get too political here, but even, you know, in dealing with international relations or the economy or, or whatever it is you want to discuss, we seem to only focus on it when Australia is burning, right? Like, yes. it, that's what it takes. That's right. Right? Like, I mean, I guess what you're saying is it's the equivalent, right? Like, if you take your body, if you wait till Australia is burning, mm-hmm. it's too late, man. You're, you're going right. to you're gonna have to hustle to fix things. Well, it's a conditioning. So if we've been conditioned one way to think in the wrong way, yeah. we can be conditioned to think in the right way. Right. So that's why we're talking proactive. That's why this book that I'm writing, Stage 0.37, yep. is a critical piece because it allows people to take responsibility for themselves, but wisely. Mm-hmm. Not because I said so, but because they are now saying so. Right. And they're seeing the results and they're seeing, they're now knowing, hey, wow. I'm listening to a person who hit the wall at 46. That was really young. Yep. And then they they took super action. And and I had to actually get away from the allopathic world, not because I didn't like them because they're very valuable, but because that wasn't working for me and it was dangerous for me. I had my two uncles died two days apart when I was 20 years old of cancer in 1978, two days apart on my mom's side. And I looked like one of them. So I didn't want to have, this is where we got to get back to the, the younger we can catch people, but no matter how old they are, they're going to benefit from this information. Yep. Because as long as you're alive and breathing, you're good. And you have a chance to reverse the things that are happening. Well, that was my next question. Is there a time when it's too late? or, or Never too late. Say if a person's at stage four, stage five cancer, and their organs are eaten up, but they're going to go. Yeah. Okay, that's going to happen, unfortunately. Yep. But when you're at stage three, when symptoms start to show up, pay attention. Pay attention because there's, this is the enlightenment that we're all looking for so that we can be wise, right? We see it coming. We're taking, we're going, hey, dude, like, I don't want, do you want a surprise? I don't want a surprise no. cancer diagnosis. I don't want to have a surprise heart attack. I know exactly 
how to make sure those things don't happen as an individual. And I'm not talking about buying a product to keep you from cancer. I'm talking about your knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Well, I, you and I have discussed this because we've known each other a long time. You know, my journey started because of my father's health issues, right? He had cancer and he had <laughs> a heart condition and he had diabetes and I was morbidly obese. And I thought if I don't fix myself, this is what I'm going to have to face. And if I'm not, if I'm not facing it as my best self, Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have much of a hope. So I fixed it. I fixed it at age 38, right? Right. So it's nice to hear mm-hmm. that you can even fix it at age 40 or 50, right? Oh, positively. You know, it, you can fix it at 60, 70, 80. You can really do it because there's, there's certain things that we, we don't have time today to go over. Yeah. But we're going to be releasing information yep. online of downloadable data, like videos, exactly the information people require so that they can take control. If we're at stage whatever, one, two, or three, we're not talking about four right now, but we're mm-hmm. somewhere in the ones or twos, what can we do to get back to that 0.37 that you you like so much? Well, that's going to come down to your doing your research because, you know, it's, it's fine for me to know. Like, say if yeah. I knew everything in the whole world, I could tell you all the truth every time, you know, yeah, yeah. let's theorize, right? Yeah. That still doesn't give me the right to download that to you and say, you must listen. Right. Because people love to do a discovery on their own because they're on their own journey. Yep. So we're here to help them get the data points so that they can put the, they can connect the dots for themselves. So that's how we're doing it. We're just saying, this is what we're going through. This is the actual science. Can they get this on the activation website? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. We're rolling it out this year. Now there's some data all the time. If they subscribe to activationproducts.com on our list, they'll get information all the time. Like a a newsletter type thing? Yeah, that's right. Well, even more than that. We'll send out emails on a constant basis with all key information. But what we're doing right now is we're forming video content mm-hmm. that's right to the point. So the library is going to be like like nailed and people are going to be able to get the information quick. So it's all about you making an intelligent decision and me making an intelligent decision that has an immediate effect and continually improves your health going forward. That's fantastic. So I look forward. It sounds like we've got a lot of interesting discussions coming up in the coming months, right? Yes. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been fun. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss the five essential things to change your body on the tonic. Are you stressed out, feeling down, having trouble sleeping? New Roots Herbal offers natural supplements to help take the edge off, relax, enhance your mood, and sleep better. Discover De-Stress, Merry Mind Omega, and Sleep 8. Natural ingredients and guaranteed purity for a better day and a restful night. Find these and other New Roots Herbal products exclusively at quality health food stores. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. And for more information, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. Vital Directives is a center committed to helping people ignite their innate healing power and remove the barriers of fear that keep them in pain. Through changing their client's mindset and teaching them to connect with their body, the Vital Directives step-by-step process helps them focus, feel safe, and get immediate relief. Their process involves removing the physical limitations induced by chronic pain while creating personalized, high-level self-care and preventative measures. They believe that significantly reducing chronic pain is just the first step. Through powerful physical exercises and mindset shifts, coupled with solid support system, they inspire people to transform from the inside out. For more information, visit their website at vitaldirectives.com. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Alexandra Mitria is a mind-body coach, author, and the founder of Vital Directives, a leading center for vibrant and healthy living, preventative health, wellness, growth, and rejuvenation. The Vital Directives tagline, Awaken Your Body, Celebrate Life, is her motto. 
Roxandra has an unwavering belief in each person's inherent capacity for healing. Having had her own experience with the limitations created by chronic pain, she created a unique process that allowed her to heal her body. Roxandra has dedicated her professional life to teaching her clients the process that will ignite their innate healing capacity, significantly reducing chronic pain while developing the skills to create and maintain pain-free active lives. Welcome back to the show and Happy New Year. How are you? I'm very well. Happy New Year to you too. So you pitched me with this idea which I thought was very interesting. Yes. And the theme is five things that will help you change your body. I guess my my first question is to you is, what do you mean by changing your body? What are we talking about here? Is this getting, like getting a six pack? What is it? <laughs> no. What I mean by changing the body is creating the conditions in the body that ultimately will lead to the least wear and tear in the next five years or 10 years or 15 or 20. So the way I see changing the body is improving the way the joints move, improving the tensions in the connective tissue, in the fascia, creating strength where strength is needed and mobility and flexibility where they are needed so that the body can function at its most effective way of moving. So then there's less wear and tear. So this translates later in life with less injuries, Mm -hmm. less difficulty in moving. Less falls. Less falls for sure. That's a big one. Yes. Less back trouble, less limitation, Mm -hmm. and ultimately a really high quality of life. Well, that's all noble. So I suppose that for everybody, that matrix is different, right? Like everybody's expectations of what they want and what they're capable of, because everybody is different. Yes. Is going to look a little different for everybody else, right? Yes. The processes are quite different for different people. And similarly, people will be starting from a different point. You're going you're gonna to be working with people who maybe have a baseline fitness and then others who really have none at all, right? Yes. And as I understand it, that's sort of... The key is the first step is is understanding your, your first step, right? Yes, is understanding really well where you're starting from. Right. Because if you're starting from a point where you just don't feel fit and you want to improve your fitness capacity and you want to be able to take long treks or, you know, start swimming or weightlifting or whatever, that's one starting point. But if you're starting from the perspective of 10, 20, 30, 40 years of chronic pain and limitation, like some of my clients start, Mm. that is a completely different starting point. Do you find that some of your clients lack the self-awareness of whether or not their expectations are real. You know, somebody who's coming in who's had chronic pain for 30 years isn't going to start weightlifting right away. And somebody mm-hmm. who, who's morbidly obese is not going to be able to run a marathon right away, right? They're, they're going to have to build to it. Do you experience that people are realistic about their expectations? Most of the times, not. Yeah. And that, I have to say, it's because I think that in part is how our society functions. You know, like all these things that are meant to create transformation overnight. Right. And transformation does happen. That's the remarkable thing. People can do extraordinary things, but none of them happen overnight. And for most people, they didn't get to the state where they're in overnight either, right? No. You know, like if you have 20 years of pain, you're probably even looking further beyond the 20 years of the pain to what you were doing that got you to the point of the pain. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah. It's interesting. I see people in the gym and, you know, January, February is that time, right? Where they come in with these hopes that are completely unrealistic. You know, they want to, they want to keep pace with the people who've been exercising for five years. I mean, you, you can't do that. You, no. you, you have to baby steps, man. Right? No. Like, yes. And there's a very good point you brought up here because out of the, let's say a hundred people who are starting all these activities at the beginning of the year, some of them Most of them, probably 85 or 95% of them, they just want to change a condition right now. And they think that if they go to the gym three times a week for a month, everything is going to be great. Right. But that's not what makes a, a change happen. People who are committed to changing their lifestyle. Of course. Who are not stressing about their first sessions and so on. They're going to stay on the path and make a, a great change down the road. Okay, so what comes after that initial start? What's the next thing? Mm-hmm. So understanding after understanding where you're at and the fact that it's not going to change overnight, then you need to have a goal. Right. You need to have something that will pull you through the months and sometimes years of transformation. So that goal, let's say, can be you want to be able to go on a long hike with your family. Right. You haven't hiked in 15 years. You can barely walk down the street. Right. So if that's a strong desire, then yes, then that will carry you through. Just thinking like, okay, I want to I want to become fit. Yeah. That's not a precise enough goal. You're going to give up, you know, a lot easier than if I want this because I want to spend time with my family or with my spouse or with my children. And I want to be able to hike. I want to be able to take long plane rides. I want to be able to sit in a car and go on a boat. These are goals that, that have value attached to them. They, they have quality of life attached to them in connection with other people. These goals have the power to carry you through when things are, are a little bit rocky as your body's changing and shifting. Do you find, though, that people who have these aspirations Operational goals. How shall I put this? Are they setting themselves up for failure? Like, do when somebody comes to you with a goal that you think maybe it's attainable, maybe it isn't, but maybe it's a stretch. Do you approach them with that? Do you say, you know, I think this is a little bit much? I think it's it's a matter of time. Okay. If someone, you know, let's say they cannot sit or stand because they their back is in that condition. Right. The only thing they can do is lie down. And now in three months, they ha- they want to go and, and trek in the Himalayas, Himalayas yeah. or yeah. go to the Amazonian jungles. Like yeah. That's not, that's not realistic. realistic at all. So then, yes, I, I do say that. I've had clients and like, okay, so here's my x-ray. Here's my report. I have three, the, you know, three yeah. discs that have been herniated. I want to start golfing in the summer. And this is in May. Right. And like, well, that's not realistic. And I, I do tell them that. Yeah. I do believe there should be a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? Yes. Like, there should be something meaningful to you to, that's yes. motivating you along. But I also think the process in and of itself has to be palatable. You can't just be looking ahead to that goal. You have to be able to live in the moment mm-hmm. and do the work that's necessary. Okay. What's, yes. And I guess the work that's necessary is, is sort of the next part, right? The next part. Yes. So now we have... We have defined where we're at, yeah, and where we want to be, and where we want to be, and why we want to be there. So that's the desire, that's the the energy that will make things move ahead. Right now, from point A to point B, we need a very, very good plan. Yep, a step by step plan that encompasses a short term plan. Yep, so that things start to move, and the long term plan. Right. Right. So the short term plan takes you from point A to A1. It's like the first step that needs to happen in order for you to be on the path to point B. Right. And once you completed A1, then you add 
A2 and so on until you get to B, but there has to be a vision, a long-term vision that I create this for my clients. There's the long, I know exactly all the steps they have to go through to get to point B, but then we break them down in incremental steps that are achievable. And I think this is where most people fail because step A to A1 is never sexy. It's never fun. It's it's the hardest work, right? Mm-hmm, it, it's mm-hmm. this, you know, it's not when you're lifting great weights. It's maybe just making sure you have core strength and mobility to do that work that you need yes. to do to get you to point B. Yes. And if there's a takeaway point from my perspective, it's this is the crucial part of whatever it is you're going to do is understanding that this is the work, the groundwork that you're doing at the very beginning is going to take you through to your goals, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. All right. What else do you need in order to succeed? Well, you need support. Yep. You need support because you need to know that what you're doing is right, mm-hmm. that you're doing it well when you're at home on your own. You need to have your technique corrected, your understanding improved all the time. You have to have improved body awareness, which is a 3D image in the brain. It's a specific way of training the body. You don't even train the body. You train the mind to see a picture of the body. Mm-hmm. So all these are steps that have to happen. And it's very hard to do that without support, without someone guiding you through all these things that you, you don't even know that you need. Because if you did know all these things by yourself, you know, you, you just go ahead and you do them. But right. you need support that works for you. That's the best thing for you. You need to be reminded, I think, of the things that you're doing that are correct. You probably know it. Mm-hmm. But having somebody say to you, hey, you remember when you were doing those stretches? Mm-hmm. You still need to do those stretches, even though you're six months into your program. Those are still important. Yes. And those days when you really don't feel like putting in the work because maybe you're coming down with a cold or maybe just it's cold outside. And you don't feel like going out. You know, those are the times when you really need somebody to say to you, hey, come on. Like, yeah. you know, there's a big picture here, right? Yes. That's part of the emotional support where you have days when you're discouraged because you work so hard, things have been improving, and then you have one day when it's like the body forgot everything. It's not linear. It's not linear. Right? Okay, so we have time for one more, which is the last point, which is what? The last one is accountability. Mm-hmm. You need a system in place that will make sure that you're staying accountable to yourself, right? Some people are great. They put something in their journals and they write it down and they they stay accountable to themselves. For most people, that's hard with a busy life. So this means you're enrolled in a program that has something in place that creates accountability check-ins or you have an accountability buddy that keeps you on track and you keep them on track and so on. So all these together are helping you achieve that goal that you want. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. Always a pleasure. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss the emotional and physical challenges to downsizing your home on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. Everything is ready. Here are the keys. That's all anyone wants to hear by the end of their downsizing experience. So leave the declutter, downsize, and design work to Dynamic Downsizers. 
I felt like I had good friends helping me move with dynamic downsizers. My pictures were hung, the garbage was gone, and my bed was even made when I came in. Dynamic downsizers will set you up in your new home on the day of your move. To get your free quote today, call Dynamic Downsizers at 416-288-8368. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. My next guest, Leanne Macellis, grew up a prairie girl in Saskatoon. A dancer, she moved to Toronto to continue her training at Performing Dance Arts. Leanne later settled in Toronto, married, and began working for News Marketing Canada. She's a member of the Decorators and Design Association of Canada and continues her education in residential and commercial design, as well as designing for the aging population. She's the founder of Macellus Designs and Dynamic Downsizers, and she believes that homes should be decluttered, organized, and designed based on how individuals function in their space. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Very well. How are you? Good. It sounds very Mary Kondo. Are you a Kondoite? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I actually love watching her show myself because she's so zen. Yeah. But no. I'm, I'm not zen. Trust me. Anybody who <laughs> comes on the show knows that I'm not zen. <laughs> But, you know, downsizing is stressful for a lot of people, right? Yes, it is. It's not a Zen experience. Not at all. Why do you think it's so overwhelming? Like, what are the issues? Well, I think at the end of the day uh, is that it seems like a mountain to everyone. Yeah. And, you know, it's so easy that when you're 20 years old, you know, and you're moving, all you have to do is, you know, borrow your friend's truck, throw your furniture in and a piece of luggage and you're gone and it's easy. Right. And then when you get 30 and 40, you're dealing with, you know, maybe you have a small family, something Toys like that. Everywhere. Yeah. And maybe a little bit, you know, your furniture suites, stuff like that. Yeah. But it's manageable. Now that you're 60, 70, 80, you know, you're dealing with so much stuff in the house and you still have your kids stuff sitting around. I'm sure in the basement at your parents' house, you still have your high school, you know, high school yearbook. My mother was mercenary. She got rid of everything. (laughs) She got rid of my Marantz. She got rid of my Marantz stereo. That's worth a fortune. She probably gave you a timeline to pick it up and you never picked it up. No comment. (laughs) All my records, all that. But yeah, I get it. You know, people accumulate over the course of their lives, right? Not only do they have their own stuff, they have their kids' stuff. And then they have, you know, their collections. They've collected stuff over the years. So they might have a stamp collection, their Royal Dalton, Spoon, or, you know, souvenirs from trips and stuff like that. So what happens is people get really emotionally and physically challenged when it comes to moving Mm -hmm. because they have a lifetime of memories in their home. So we're dealing with that emotional and physical side of of downsizing, and that's what's really overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, it it was an extenuating circumstance, but when my father passed away after a long illness, my mother felt that she needed to downsize immediately, and and it became a highly emotionally charged issue for her just dealing with all the keepsakes, all the things that reminded her of the family that was there. And it was hard for her to dissect, you know, where am I going to? It's a smaller space. What am I going to keep? What is really truly meaningful for me? And like, what am I hanging on to? Right. And I'm sure you see that all the time. Well, and lots of times with clients, we have to sort of lay out, you know, so we will lay out, I don't care if it's spoons, whatever the situation is, spoons, forks, it could be their clothes, whatever it is, we'll lay it out in piles, kind of like the condo theory. But we'll lay it out so that people can see what they have and then determine what do you use the most here? You know, and there are stories behind lots of their things, but at the end of the day, the most important thing is that we take what they love and what's most important and what will fit. So other than sort of dealing with the emotional attachment to things, right? Like, how does the overwhelming feelings, how does that manifest? What do you, what are you okay, saying? Okay, so 
There's a few different ways that people downsize. Some people downsize and stay in place, right? right. Age mm-hmm. in place. So that's one way. Another way is they want to move on to a condo, into a smaller, you know, going from a three-bedroom house into, you know, a one-bedroom, two-bedroom condo or a retirement residence. But typically what we see is we are dealing with seniors that are moving on into retirement residences. And what will happen is they go view these places and they get the tour and the places are staged and everything looks great and it's decluttered and and they fall in love with the place. They're not necessarily signing right that day because they want to, you know, take a minute, go home, think about it. What happens when they walk through their front door is they see their stuff and the mountain in their head begins. They become anxious. They become deflated because they think, how am I going to get through all this stuff? And the condo is available or the retirement residence available in two weeks. If I don't sign, then who knows how long I'll have to wait. So there's this pressure that starts happening. And at the end of the day, you know, they just feel like this negative talk starts happening in their head, you know, and they just start chattering their head like, I'm, I'm not going to do this. How can I possibly do this? I don't have family to help me or friends around to help me or my friends are older. So at the end of the day, you know, there's companies out there that can certainly help. So what is actually involved in the process of downsizing? Like, I think people think of it as, oh, you know, culling the herd, but it's a lot more complicated than that, isn't it? Well, and the herd isn't there right? because the herd is kind of busy. Here's the situation is a lot of times when you're dealing with a senior that is your 70, 80 year old senior, you're dealing with the baby boomer on the other end that's trying to downsize their parent. And what's happening is that baby boomer is still working and they still have their university kids that they're helping across the line sort of a thing. And what happens is nobody has the time. And the family members, although they try their best, and some of them are there right from start to finish, and they'll wear themselves thin themselves. But at the end of the day, everybody's so busy, nobody has time to help. But, you know, to give you an idea of some of the steps that are involved in downsizing is typically your client or your the senior will speak to their financial advisor or their real estate agent first. It just gives them an idea of how much their investment is going to cost on a monthly basis and how much they have to spend going forward. So they'll go visit their retirement home. The next thing they need to do for retirement setting is they need to get their wills in place and their medical. That's what is required from retirement homes. And then the next thing, they're usually talk to their real estate agent, and the real estate agent will give them a timeline of when they would like to list the house and if they want to stage it or not. And so we would basically work off of that timeline. When you're staging a home, lots of times the real estate agent may say, you know, I want certain pieces out of this home, and those might be the pieces that you're actually taking forward to your retirement home. So in the interim, you might have to get a storage unit to put some of these pieces in. Then you take a look at your plans and you figure out what fits and what furniture is multi-purpose that you could use going forward. Then it's the figuring out of, okay, are we going to get a dumpster? Do I have grandchildren pitching all this stuff into the dumpster? Or should I call a company that basically I can just show them and then they will take it out of the house? Then you start packing up everything. And there's stuff that may be of value. That oh, you there's stuff be- of value. So at the end of the day, you know, you're scheduling your movers, you're packing up your stuff, and then there's the dropping off of donations, and then there's which avenue are we going to take if there's stuff of value, are we going to 
send it to a consignment shop or are we going to do a sale in the house? And really, you have to really think about your senior in this situation and what their tolerance level is. There's many seniors. My father, there is no way that you're going to have. There is no way. And you really have to think about the safety of that as well. So if the senior still lives in the home and all of a sudden you're having this sale and you're getting rid of all this stuff, these strangers that are coming to your house... They know that the senior potentially lives alone and stuff yeah. like that. So, you know, you really want to be careful with stuff like that. I'm not saying don't do it, but there's certainly a time where, you know, in some situations, a senior may move to the retirement home or condo first, then do the sale. So it all depends on there's lots of different ways to do it, right? Yeah. But it's personalized to each person. Also, I, I think, you know, there's a misunderstanding as to what actually has value and what doesn't. You know, people hang on to pieces that they think <laughs> are worth a fortune only to find out there's a glut in the market. Like, for example, oh, yeah. when my mother was dealing with the issue, she thought her dining room set was worth a fortune. And the truth of the matter is, <laughs> they're, they're like dime a dozen, right? And the same thing with pianos as yeah. well. Everybody oh, yes. holds on to the pianos and these huge dining room sets. Yeah. What they're not realizing is with changing tastes and different floor plans, yeah. those aren't the things. Oh, yeah. That, and, and none of your kids want it. Your right. grandchildren don't want it, right? I didn't practice the piano when I, when hey. I was a kid. I don't want it in my house now, right? <laughs> but so. the thing is, is that, you know, at the end of the day, I feel so bad for these people because this is the dining room set that they spent so much money on and that they really never used. Right. So it's immaculate and they think it's worth everything. And that, believe me, there is stuff out there that is worth and there's stuff that is, you know, donatable. Right. Okay. So what are the options available to people who are thinking of downsizing? You know, I have to say that if you have family members that are willing to help you financially, that is your best option. Even if they help you for a day or even if they help you with the heavy lifting or the going back and forth to the donation drop off, that alone is a big job. And then there is hiring companies like ourselves. And we will basically manage your project from start to finish. And, you know, companies like us, you basically were your helping hands. So if you need us for a day or if you need us to handle the whole project and get you from point A to point B and set you up, we're good. We can do it all. What sort of expertise, for example, do you have in dealing with it? Like, how long have you been doing it? And what sort of things are you sort of specializing okay, in? Okay. So, I've been doing it about four years, and I have a business partner that has been doing it for mm, probably about eight years. And at the end of the day, I do a lot of the design work. I'll do a lot of pick and pack, dropping off. I'll do all that kind of stuff. But on the day of the move, I tend to do the furniture placement, the hanging of the pictures, any other of their trinkets and stuff. If it's going into bookshelves or anything like that, I tend to do that end of it. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. We're going to hear back from Leanne next month. Uh, We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll learn about the importance of face-to-face communications on The Tonic. Be Well Health Clinic is downtown Toronto's most comprehensive psychological wellness clinic, consisting of psychiatrists, psychologists, psychotherapists, social workers, naturopathic doctors, acupuncturists, and many more practitioners all under the same roof. They take an integrative approach to your wellness, and they all work with you to achieve your goals. Located steps from Union Station, Be Well Health Clinic also does direct billing to most insurance providers. Whether your condition requires medication or talk therapy, they can help with it all. For more information, visit bewellclinic.ca. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. 
There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy. Enjoy the detox. Enjoy the great taste. Purely natural liquid greens. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Pete Bombacci is a passionate grassroots brand builder and founder of the Genwell Project, the human connection movement working to remind people of the importance of social connection. Pete served in senior level roles in both the for-profit and charity sectors, and prior to founding the Genwell Project, he served as country director of Movember Canada, where he oversaw its launch and rapid growth. He's a charismatic and visionary business leader who believes that by doing the right thing every day, exceptional results are created. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm great, Jamie. Thanks for having us here. I have been harping on this probably every other show for the past year, and it's a topic that's both painful and I think important to talk about, and that is that there are a lot of lonely, isolated people out there. And I have my own ideas as to as to why that is. Why do you think that is? Well, I love uh, love the idea of having a conversation and hearing your perspective as well. But I believe it's because we live in the most fast-paced, distracted, and pressure-filled world in history. And I think you can just look around us, whether it's politics, whether it's uh, bottom-line-focused businesses, whether it's the pace and pressure that the advent of technology has brought on us. All of it is combining to seeing people, you know, spending less time connecting with one another, you know, longer commute times. Frankly, we've created the isolation in our lives. We've built bigger homes with smaller families. We got taller backyard fences. We don't do front porches anymore. We just do back porches. We do in-home movie theaters and the list literally goes on. We've created the isolation in our lives. The advent of technology has just multiplied the effect. And now we're waking up a decade or two later and we're actually real realizing, holy cow, I actually need my community, my friends, my family in order to, quote, survive, as Maslow would have told us back in 1943 as part of his hierarchy of needs. So <laughs> it's a multitude of things, Jamie, but I think technology has certainly been the one that most people will point to and say, well, I'm spending over 10 hours a day on this, on screens, and that's obviously taking me away from the things that will make me happier and healthier. It's not the ability to communicate technologically, right? So we, we have less need to be in front of each other. I think what's happening is that it's creating tribalism to the sense that where we, we can curate our lives much more effectively to only hear what we want to hear and only see what we want to see. So there's no dissent. There's no learning of other people and what they stand for and what they believe in. It's just like, I want to hear this. I want to know this. And voila, if I press these buttons, that's what I get. That's just my view. I think it's a great comment. And, and frankly, one of the benefits of spending time and connecting with other people is an increasing level of compassion, empathy. Yep. And, you know, when you talk about uh, tribalism, you want to talk about political separation, uh, political polarization. You know, this is the antidote to some of the challenges that we're facing in the world today. When you spend time with other people, you understand them better. You empathize with them. You start to say, how can I support them? But when we isolate ourselves and we've created this individualistic world that we live in, we've lived in the greatest growth era in the history of the world for 50, 60 years, up until 2008. We could pay our way out of anything. We could buy bigger homes, more stuff, more toys, whatever the case may be. With most of the pay raises and 
jobs and other things becoming a thing of the past, bonuses, we can no longer find the value in going and doing retail therapy. And now we need to actually look inside and find the things that are actually making us happy and healthy. Because we were never educated on this information, because it used to happen naturally until the early 2000s, we're struggling to find the solution to why don't I feel happy? Why am I struggling with my health, whether that's mental or physical? And in a lot of cases, one of the simplest things we can all do is spend more time with the people that you love and the people that you care about. So what is the Genwell Project? How does that help with this problem that we've, we've created for ourselves? The Genwell Project's a human connection movement uh, launched three years ago, and our mission is to make the world a happier and healthier place by reminding people about the importance of face-to-face social connection in our lives, a message that none of us were educated on, and most importantly, being a catalyst for people to take action. In addition to sharing information every day on our social platforms, by the way, we're not anti-technology because technology can be used for good. I was texting somebody yesterday in order to get together. That's a great use of technology. Unfortunately, the average person actually spends three times as much time on platforms that make them anxious or depressed than they do using it for the positive things. Well, well, nothing's all good and bad, right? Of course. I, I mean, you can take the most heinous form of communication, which I find to be Twitter, mm. and there's still some good that can be derived out of it. And I don't want to debate that point or explain yeah. what's good or bad about Twitter. That's just an example. Yeah. But I agree with you. I mean, I'm not anti-technology myself. I just, I don't like when people misinterpret it or use it in ways that isn't necessarily healthy. When they're not recognizing the detrimental effects of the technology, I, I think it sort of escapes all of us. And Which I think worse. comes from your earlier comment about when you isolate yourself and you're not understanding the impact you're having on other people by Correct. the things you do, right. you just keep doing it. Right. So in addition to the daily posts, we focus activation a couple times a year when really what we're trying to do is rally all Canadians to raise the consciousness and take action at a similar time. And we do a weekend in the spring and a weekend in the fall. Most people think that suicide rates are highest in the wintertime, yep. they're actually the springtime. Really? Springtime's a really challenging time for people because we come out of the hibernation that most of us are in. And as spring comes with warmer weather, comes the pressure to be socially connected. Because of that, especially now when we can watch the world on our social media platforms, and especially when you're watching every celebrity and every, the Jenners and the Kardashians, you know, we can't compete on that level. And when everybody else looks like they're getting out and get into patios and doing Liv- all this living fun a better stuff, life, yeah. living the human highlight reel. Yeah. And that actually works as a negative for people when they don't feel right. So we've identified these two weekends to have the greatest impact on people during seasonal transition. And the goal is if we can get all Canadians on the same weekends a couple times a year just to raise the consciousness and say, yeah, whether it's for my health or maybe I know that Steve or Susie down the street has lost their job. They're going through a divorce. Maybe they're struggling financially. Maybe their kids have had an issue lately. Maybe they're digitally addicted. Whatever the issue is, if we can raise the consciousness in our country from coast to coast and get people to take action a couple times a year, we will do a tremendous benefit to the world in staying more proactively healthy 
right. and stop waiting until people get into a crisis before we start taking action, which is what we've traditionally done. We don't do things until we get, we're, we're sick. We're reflexive, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, so. we're a reflexive society, right? There's something catastrophic has to happen before we catalyze into action to, to address it. We're not proactive in any meaningful way. And drug companies love that. And, sure, but course. as John Tory, who's a supporter of the movement, the mayor of Toronto said to me when we were doing an interview with him, he said, we can't continue to go down the path we've been on. The governments are struggling financially. The health system's bursting at the seams. So if we don't have movements like the Genwell Project to help us be more proactive, we have some challenging times ahead. Right. And it shouldn't be too difficult to participate in the sort of things that you're talking about, because you're not talking about, you know, running out and embracing a stranger. You're talking about relationships that already exist, right? Yeah. We, we talk about friends, family, neighbors, and colleagues. And the research would suggest that the people that give you the greatest health benefits and hopefully as much uh, fun are the people that are closest to you, whether it's emotionally, whether that's friends and family family, or it's your neighbors or your colleagues who are physically right beside you, but you still haven't made the time to go have a coffee, to have a barbecue, to do anything, have a street-long potluck. We don't care what you do. Our message is take the step to get connected. If you're an introvert, it will be a coffee with one person. But if you're an extrovert, hey, get the whole community together. I don't care. The key is we want to be the catalyst for people to take action because we've been talking about social connections been around for five, maybe 10 years. Obviously, the mental health movement's been around for a decade or two. Well, we want to be the the movement that gets you to actually step up and start doing the right things. And it's kind of low-hanging fruit if you think about it, right? I mean, it shouldn't be so difficult to spend some time with your family members. It doesn't have to be your mother. It could be a cousin. It could, you know, it could be that person, uh, your friend that you haven't spoken with. I, I mean, for me, it's a monthly poker game, right? Just seeing my it. buddies. It's as simple as that, yeah. right? Or even, you know, getting a dog, getting off your duff from in front of your computer and going out and engaging people in the community. I we, we have a dog who's three years old. So for the past three years, I've had the opportunity to meet neighbors who I would just sort of wave at in passing. But now we're having conversations as we walk our dogs together, which is definitely more meaningful. Right? I love it. I, what I would say is that we first need to raise people's consciousness about the importance of social connection. Because yep. for 50 years, we've been told to go to the gym. We've had programs in place. We've got the Canadian Food Guide that keeps telling us we should be eating better. Well, the research is now clear. Social connection is as important, if not greater, than both of those in order to keep you happy and healthy. The problem is, as I said earlier on, is we were never told this. So we're asking people to find the solution and take the steps, but they don't actually have the information to make that conscious choice. It is a simple solution, but to your point, we do need to educate people first because if you want behavior change, it comes by knowledge and then action. So if we've engaged our listeners today, how can they get involved in your project or how could they learn about the work that you're doing? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to answer that. Uh, They can head over to genwellproject.org. They can register to get our newsletter, which comes in monthly. On those newsletters will be more tips and more suggestions on how they can take small actions to increase their social connection. And then they'll get the information about our two weekends when all we ask people to do is pledge their intention to get connected with others, whether it's your friends, family, neighbors or colleagues, there's no cost to participate because we didn't want there to be a barrier between hearing this message and participating. And so it's really simple. Help us make the world a happier and healthier place just by getting connected face-to-face with the people around you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Ah, Jamie, so great. And thank you so much for the time. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Ian Clark, Roxandra Mitria, Leanne Macellis, and Pete Bombacci. 
And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website, tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we'll discuss the three greatest risk factors to heart disease, milk versus non-dairy alternatives, mindfulness and technology, and how yoga helps you attain your goals. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.